in this series, Empire, we're talking about how to build an empire. And I want to talk to you today about get out the hole. Because, because before you can build an empire, you got to get out the hole. And how many of you have ever got yourself into a hole and you thought this? How in the world am I going to get out this hole? I am in so far deep, I don't know how I'm going to get out. I've been there before. There are all types of holes that we can fall into. I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, and I snuck out the house prom night. I, was, I went to go stay out all night long, put a pillow in the bed, fluffed it up real good. Nobody's going to know I'm gone. Drove by the house to double check on everything was all good. Every light in the house was on. Brother got whooped, beaten, and grounded. I think I'm 40 now and I'm still grounded. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm still, I think I might be, I mean, I was in a parental hole because of that decision. Now, my wife and I, when we first got married almost 18 years ago, uh, it was one of our very first Christmases together. And, you know, new couple, new, new marriage, first Christmas, and we get in an argument. We were at her family's house and we're arguing about something about family and trying to figure that whole logistics out. And I just looked at my wife and I said this, well, maybe we shouldn't have got married. That was the first and the last time I've ever said that. Do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, a brother got in a hole. It was a marriage hole I was in trying to get out of the hole. I had to climb out of that hole. My wife and I, when we got married, I was 22. She was 20 years old. We got married, and we began to accumulate even more debt, and we had ourselves about $40,000 worth of debt at the age of 22 and the age of 20. And we were in a hole thinking, how do we get out of this hole? And by the grace of God and the help of God, a couple of years later, at the age of 25 and at the age of 23, my wife and I got out of that hole, became debt-free, paid off everything. And since that moment, by the grace of God, we've been able to live debt-free except for our home. We were able to climb out of a hole. And I want to spend the next few moments to you talking to you about how do you climb out of a hole so that you can begin to build the empire that God would desire. And I want to zoom in today on a financial hole because I know many of you can relate to Tiffany and I. You're looking around and you're in a hole. You, You think, how in the world am I going to get out of this hole? Well, the Bible addresses this and talks to us about how to get out the hole. And I want to talk to you about it today. Number one is this. If you want to get out the hole, put down the shovel. Put down the shovel. If you're going to get out of the hole, the first thing you have to do is stop digging. Somebody said, man, pastor is so wise. I just... That guy is the wisest guy. Unbelievable wisdom. But no, no, really, if you're going to get out the hole, the first thing you have to do is you got to stop digging. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 23, riches can disappear fast. Come on, everybody say amen. Come on, somebody say, oh me, oh me. You know what I'm saying? Riches can disappear fast. Why, Why do riches disappear fast? Well, for several reasons. Sometimes it's a crisis. It's something unexpected. I mean, it's just the, a crisis happens sometimes. A fire burns down our home. Or a tornado knocks down our home and we lose everything. Crisis happens. 
Sometimes it's a relational crisis and maybe a divorce happens and, and we find ourselves in a crisis that we're unplanned, unexpected, and we can get in, get in a hole. So sometimes it can be an educational hole. And so for the sake of furthering our education, we end up taking student loans out. And my wife and I did that and served a good purpose. But, but still, even though you take out the loan and it serves a good purpose, you still wake up one day and go, we're in a hole. And how do we get out of this hole? And, but, but for most people, how they end up in a hole is because of instant gratification. They want it now. They have no patience. They, they, they got to have it now. And they dig themselves in a hole. They, they end up getting in competition. And they see what other people are driving and other people are wearing and how other people are living. And instead of waiting until a place they're in a better position, they just dive into it and dig themselves in a hole See, there are people that would rather look good than be good. And they're, they're digging themselves into a hole because of a lack of patience. I remember growing up in Wewoka, Oklahoma, and there was no Walmart in Wewoka, so we had to drive to Seminole to go to Walmart. And I can remember around Christmas time, the holiday time, Thanksgiving time, my mama would go into Walmart with us kids, walk to the back of Walmart. She would give them money and walk out with nothing. And then she did it on several occasions. She'd go back a week or two later, give them money in the back of Walmart, and walk out with nothing. I didn't understand what my mama was doing. But what my mama was doing, there was a system back in the day called Layaway. Who knows what I'm talking about? Hey, Layaway. Layaway. And Layaway meant that you got your items, that you gave it to the store, told the store to hold it, and you paid off everything. And when you finally paid off your Layaway, you got your products, you got your stuff, you got your toys, and it was all paid for. Merry Christmas. Now, some of you, you have no idea what Layaway is, because Layaway today is going to the store, get everything you want, pay for it on your credit card, and by the time you pay off whatever you bought, you don't even know where it is. And you end up digging yourself a hole. And the first step is you have to put down the shovel. Stop digging the hole. Number two is this. How do you get out of the hole? Number two is backfill the hole. Backfill the hole. If you're going to use the shovel when you're in a hole, don't use the shovel to keep digging. If you're going to use the shovel, use the shovel to backfill the hole. The Bible says in Proverbs 24 and verse 27, do your planning and prepare your fields before building. Notice this. Do your planning, prepare your fields before building your house. But in today's world, people build before they prepare. They want to build before they prepare. People will go buy a car with no money down. High interest. They, they want to build before they prepare. People will buy the furniture rent to own. And by the, by the time they do own it, they don't even like the furniture anymore. They want to build before they prepare. People go shopping because they found a good sale. How many know what I'm talking about? 75% off. 75% off. I better save myself some money. and get, get everything I can right now. Why? 75% off. I'm saving money. And you charge it on the credit card and you don't even know how you're going to pay for that 75% off that you did buy. And it's digging a hole because you're trying to build before you plan and prepare. The Bible says 
Listen, we got to backfill the hole. We got to prepare. We got to prepare. We got to plan and prepare before we build because you don't want to build on top of a hole. I'm telling you, if you try to build on top of a hole, that is a recipe for disaster. You don't want to build a 10-foot hole or a 20-foot hole and a 30-foot hole and then try to build on top of a hole. It's going to collapse. It won't work. So before you build on the hole, you got to first backfill the hole. How do you backfill the hole? Let's, Let's talk about that today. Number one is this. Decide to get out the hole. Decide to get out the hole so you can begin to build. Everybody say this word, all of our locations, everybody say, decide. That's a critical word. That that word is so pivotal for our teaching today because if we don't get that word in our heart and spirit and begin to live that word out, nothing else I say today will matter. The first thing is you have to decide. You have to change your mind before you change your actions. And Tiffany and I had to change our mind. We we had $40,000 worth of debt. And we had to decide, you know what? We do not want Visa and MasterCard to be our, we don't want to be a slave to them anymore. We just don't want to be a slave to Visa and MasterCard anymore. And friends, if you don't think anybody cares that you're alive, just miss a couple of payments. (laughs) There are some folks that know you're alive and they care you're alive. And we we just said, you know what? We do not want to be a slave to this anymore. We don't want to continue to live without peace and live with all of this stress. We don't want to keep robbing Peter to pay Paul. We, we, and I, I believe many of you are like Tiffany and I. We really didn't want to honor God. We, we, we got ourselves in a hole, but we desired to honor our Heavenly Father. So we had to change our minds. And when you're in a hole, changing your mind isn't easy. I know it's not. I've been there. It's not easy. Because when you're in a hole, you know what happens when you get in a hole, a financial hole? You feel powerless. You start thinking, how am I going to get out of this? I don't see any way out of this. And you literally can feel powerless. And so it keeps you from changing your mind because you feel powerless. When when you're in a hole, you you know what happens? Well, you know what holes will do to you? Holes will keep you from setting specific goals. And so you find yourself in a hole, and when people get in a hole, here's what happens. They start, they, they, they start using language like this. No specific goals. They start saying, someday I'm going to get out of debt. One day I'm going to pay off the credit card. No, 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 that's not a goal. One day's not a goal. Someday's not a goal. But when you get in a hole, you start talking someday and one day. But, but when you change your mind, you start saying things like this. I'm paying off that credit card right there by 2017. Like you start, you start having a goal, but, but when you get in a hole, it'll rob you of your goals. When you get in a hole, it, you can start getting down and defeated because debt can be a downer. You get in a hole, you just start losing hope. You start thinking, I'm in a hole so deep, I feel defeated. And you know what happens when you start feeling defeated? You just keep digging. Yeah, well, it's bad anyway. It's just, just might as well keep digging. And friends, you have to change your mind before you change your actions. First Peter says this, chapter 1, verse 13. The Word of God says, so prepare your minds for action. Your mind has to be prepared before action will take place. Prepare your minds for action. Decide in your mind. He goes on to say this, and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Now notice this. Don't slip back 
into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. When you change your mind, you'll have the tendency, the propensity, the lean to want to go back into your old habits, your old patterns. And he says, don't go back. You've changed your mind. Don't go back into your own patterns of pleasing yourself instead of your heavenly father. And notice this. This is critical. I love this. He says this. You didn't know any better then. My wife and I got in a financial hole, and I can tell you, at 22 and 20, we did not know any better. We just, and some of you can relate to that. You didn't have an upbringing, learning how to handle finances. You didn't understand responsibility with it. You just understand how credit cards were. You got in a hole, and you just didn't know any better. I can relate. Been there, did that. He says, you didn't know any better. But notice this. But now, that's critical. But now, you ch- got to change your mind. But now, now that you know truth, now that you're hearing truth, now that you know better, but now you must be holy in everything you do. You don't want to just be holy in one area of your life. You don't want to just have one area of life of your life submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You don't want to just have one area of life where you're obeying God's word. You want to be holy, the word of God says, in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Getting out of the hole begins by changing your mind. So therefore, you can begin to change your actions, honoring God and his word. Number two is this. How do you backfill the hole when you're in the hole? How do you backfill the hole? Number two is this. List all I owe, all I have and all I owe. List all I have and all I owe. The scripture says in Proverbs 27 and verse 23, riches can disappear fast. And the king's crown doesn't stay in his house forever. So watch your business interest closely. Know the state of your flocks and herds. In our society, we would say know where you are financially. And when my wife and I changed our minds, here's what we did. We said we've got to figure out where we are financially. And what we did is we began to figure out what do we have. And we didn't have a whole lot then, 22 and 20. We didn't have a lot at all. But we began to look at how much are we bringing in. And we weren't bringing in a whole lot. My wife was a college student full-time, worked part-time at Kohl's. I was launching a full-time evangelistic ministry. We were just getting started in life and, and in marriage. We didn't have a lot, but we just wrote down what we were bringing in, and then we wrote down everything. We just listed all of our debt, everybody we owed, and all of our bills. We just wrote it all down so that we could see where we were financially. Here's what happens when you're in a hole. When people get in a hole, they become lost financially. You get in a hole, and you start thinking, I'm in a hole. I don't know where I am, and come on, how many can relate to this? I don't know, you, you, can, you can relate to this. I don't know where I am, and I don't know if I want to know where I am. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is bad. I don't even know, I don't want to know how bad it is. And that's what, when you get in a hole, people don't know what they're really bringing in. They don't know what they really have. They haven't really assessed it and wrote it all down. They don't know actually what, they, what, what they're spending. They, they don't know their spending habits. They, 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 they don't know actually all the debt they have and combine it all together. How much is it? You just get lost financially. But when you decide... When you change your mind, here's what you do. You decide, I am not going to stay lost financially. I'm going to figure out where I am. I may not like where I am, but I'm going to get a baseline. I'm going to figure out where I am financially. Dave Ramsey says it like this, on paper, on purpose. On paper, on purpose. On paper, on purpose. Figure out where you are financially. Write it down. And here's what I would encourage you to do. When you take the time to write it all down, 
Then what I would encourage you to do is track your spending for the next 30 days. Track it. And you'll be surprised at some of your spending habits. Just everything you spend, just write it down for the next 30 days so you can see how you are spending your money. You got to backfill the hole. The third key to backfilling the hole is, hole is this. Don't dig a deeper hole. He said, preacher, you mentioned that already. I know I'm being redundant. Don't dig a deeper hole. If you're going to get out the hole and backfill the hole, you have to change your mind and make the decision. I'm not digging a deeper hole. And that's what my wife and I did. We said, you know what? We listed all we had, all we owed, all of our debts, and we said, we are not digging a deeper hole. And for us, here's practically how that fleshed out for us. We said this, no more vacations on credit cards. Because we charged our honeymoon, a cruise to the Bahamas, on a credit card. And we did not know how we were going to pay for it. We said, we're not doing that again. And we said, we're just not doing that. If we can't pay for the vacation, pay cash, we're not going. We, we, we made the decision not to dig a deeper hole. And we said this, no more buying furniture on the credit card. Because when we got married, the first thing I did for my wife is I brought her brand new furniture on the credit card and had no clue how I was going to pay for it. I said, we're not doing that again. No, no more. No more of that. We said we're going to pay off the entire balance of our credit card when we receive the bill. We will not carry a balance into the next month. And so once we got out of debt, though, after a couple of years that it took us to get out of debt, what we've always done for the last 15, 16 years is we have a credit card, but we have always paid off the entire balance at the end of the month. We just changed our mind, our philosophy, we changed our mind about it. My wife and I, one of the things that we just, we said, you know, we can't dig a deeper hole. So what we said is no more impulse buying. No more impulse buying. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? You go to the store, all you're going to do is pick up some eggs and some milk, and you come out of that bad boy with a new TV. You know what I'm saying? You're like, <laughs> how did that happen? How did I get that TV? And I don't know, I don't know how that happened. Because impulse buying. And here's what we said, no more impulse buying. We're going to live on a budget. We're going to live on a budget. We're going to tell our dollars where to go instead of trying to figure out where they went. Living on a budget. And so we just said, we're going to do that. No more impulse buying. We're living on a budget. And my wife and I, we made the decision, no more buying cars unless we could pay cash for them. And so we had car debt. And once we paid off that car debt, we said, we're not going to, if we have to drive a car that's $200, that's what we're going to do. If we have to drive a car that's, that, that's $1,000, that is what we're going to do. We're just not going to dig a deeper hole. When you change your mind... You will not keep digging a deeper hole. Scripture says in Hebrews 13, verse 5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Listen, if you can't afford that car, don't buy it. There's nothing wrong with you driving a nice car, but if you can't afford it, be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you Never will I forsake you. Be content. Don't dig a deeper hole so that you can backfill the hole. Number four is this. Number four is this. How do you backfill the hole? Invite God into your hole. Let me tell you about Tiffany and I's journey. When Tiffany and I got married, she was a pastor's kid. Loves, loves God with all of her heart. Loved God with all of her heart back then. I was radical for Jesus, serving Jesus, 
preaching the gospel as an evangelist. I preached through college and got out of college and, and started a full-time evangelistic ministry. And we got married. We loved God with all of our hearts. We attended a local church. We faithfully served in our local church. We attended faithfully. We tithed. We returned 10% of our income back to the local church where we worshiped. I mean, we were doing all of that, and yet we got ourselves in a financial hole. Loving God and in a hole. And what happens to a lot of people is that they end up getting themselves in a hole and then they get mad at God. And they say, God, if you're real and if you got power, I love you. I go to church. I worship. I serve. I tithe. I'm in a community group. I, Lord, I do all of that. How am I in this hole? But you have to understand something that if you mismanage the other 90%, that's what my wife and I were doing. We were mismanaging the other 90%. We tithed, but we mismanaged the other 90%, and we got in ourselves in a hole. And God had to help Herbert Cooper understand something because I wanted to go, God, what is going on? And God says, Herbert, I did not tell you to put that cruise on your credit card. Don't be mad at me. I didn't tell you to buy that nice furniture and put it on your credit card. I, I made those decisions and mismanaged the other 90%, and there's no way I could get mad at God. So what I had to understand, you know what? We've got to invite God into our situation and begin to steward and manage the other 90% in a God-honoring way. My wife and I, we deeply believe in returning the tithe to God. That when we honor God and return 10% of our income to the local church where we worship, we invite God into our situation. We invite God to get in our hole and to help us out of our hole. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 and 10 says this, honor the Lord by giving him the first part. And my wife and I have always done that. We give God the first, not the last 10%, not what's left over. Give God first, the first part of all of all of your income. And the scripture says, and he will fill your barns. In other words, God will get in your hole with you. He will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your wine vats with the finest Wines. When we honor God by giving to him first, the first 10% of our income, he comes in and releases his power in our financial life. Well, hear me, but when we don't honor God, when we don't honor God by returning the tithe, when we don't honor God, like my wife and I were doing, by not stewarding and managing the 90% well, we get ourselves into trouble. And here's what scripture says in Proverbs 28 and 25. The greedy stir up conflict. And my wife and I were being greedy. We were buying furniture we could not afford. We went on a honeymoon we could not afford. And we got ourselves into a whole financial conflict. There are some people that, that they actually, they're not tithing. They, they don't invite God. They don't honor God by returning the tithe. And they don't put God first. And they get themselves into financial conflict. It can show up in marital conflict when we don't honor God, when greed is controlling our heart. And I hear people from time to time say this, well, pastor, I don't tithe. I don't honor God, and my finances are just great. I don't believe in all that tithe. And, and okay, I hear you, but what happens is when you, when you don't honor God, you stir up conflict. And what happens is it's a heart condition, and we find ourselves developing pride. We, we find ourselves depending on our own self instead of God. We, we find ourselves being selfish. We, we find ourselves coveting and wanting what other people have. Yeah, you, can, yeah, you can handle it. God, you, don't, you don't have to have God. You can manage money, right? You can work principles. But listen, it's a heart condition that says, God, I don't want my heart in conflict with you. And so my wife and I, here's what we did. We said, God, 
we're going to start managing money right. We're inviting, inviting, we're inviting you in, and we start operating by this. God, we're giving you the first 10%. And we began to do that, give it to our local church in Missouri where we were worshiping. The next 10%, we said, we're paying ourselves. We're going to start saving and investing for the future. We're going to save for a rainy day because rainy days happen. We're going to start investing in our future, the next 10%. And then we said the other 80%, we didn't say, oh, we have the other 80%. We're going to live however we want to live. No, 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 no. We're going to start managing the other 80% with wisdom and stewarding it better because it all belongs to God. And we're going to start stewarding that other 80% well. 10, 10, 80. And God worked powerfully in our life. And you say, Pastor, I cannot live off 80% of my income. And here's all I would say to you. I understand where you are, and I've been there before. But what happens if we can't live off 80% of our income, then our wants are exceeding our needs. And we get ourselves into financial trouble. Because most Americans don't live off 80% of their income. They live off 115% of their income. That's called debt. That's called digging yourself into a hole. And you have to change your mind and invite God into your hole. Number five is this. You have to backfill the hole. How do you backfill the hole? Number five, set up a repayment plan. Set up a repayment plan. Tiffany and I knew, hey, we're not going to drift into financial freedom. It will not happen by accident. If we're going to get out of this hole, we have to have a plan to get out of debt. And so we got a plan and we started attacking the debt one at a time. We had a repayment plan. Here's what we did. We had credit card debt. We had... One, one credit card from Best Buy because we had 12 months no interest. I mean, they don't mean anything. You still owe the money. You know, it's like, but we had one of them. We had a computer. I, got, I had to have a computer in the house. And then we had furniture debt on the credit card, and we just started attacking the credit card debt. And we just did it aggressively. We lived way, 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 way below our means and started attacking the debt. After we paid off the credit cards, we took that money, and then we began to attack the car and the car debt we had. We already were paying a car payment, and then we just start throwing all the extra money from those credit cards to pay that off. And after we paid that off, we took the credit card money, and we took the car loan money, and the extra we put in towards the car, and we started attacking our student loan debt. And we just attacked it, attacked it, attacked it until we paid that off. Back in those days, we didn't know who Dave Ramsey was, but Dave Ramsey, I've, I've become familiar with him throughout the years. He calls that the debt snowball principle of paying off your debt, a repayment plan. Back then, I didn't know who Dave Ramsey was. That was called in Herbert Cooper's vernacular, a brother's got to do something to get out this whole plan. You hear what I'm saying? We got to do something because what we're doing is not working. And we begin to attack the debt with a plan. Scripture says in Proverbs 21 and verse 5, good planning and hard work, hear me today, you will not get out the hole without good planning and hard work. It would be just, it would be uh, just so naive to think I'm getting out the hole and I'm not going to plan and work hard. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts, shortcuts won't happen. It won't get you there. Hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. You're never going to get out of the hole accidentally. You must have a plan of attack and work the plan. Number six is this. How do you, how do you backfill the hole? Think outside the hole. Think outside the hole. Some of you, you would say it like this. Think outside the box. But I'm not talking about a box today. I'm talking about a hole. So think outside the hole. Here's how my wife got out of, out of debt. 
with, with $40,000 in two years, not making a lot, full-time college student, working part-times at Kohl's. Here's how we did it. We start thinking outside the box. We got very creative and thinking outside the hole. Here's some things that we did. We, we, we began to, we drove a car with no AC, with no air conditioning. 100 degree weather in July and August, and there was no air conditioning. You say, Pastor, how do you drive a car with no AC? Roll down the windows is how you do it. I just want to help somebody that roll down the windows. <laughs> we lived in an apartment that cost $275 a month. We had a, we got a discount on our rent because I picked up trash for the landlord. We didn't buy new clothes or new anything in those days. We didn't buy new clothes. Matter of fact, I remember my wife got the job at Kohl's. Kohl's informed her, you have to have a pair of black pants to wear to work. My wife asked me, Herbert, can I get a pair of black pants? Because we weren't buying anything new. And she got one pair of black pants to wear to Kohl's, the cheapest black jeans we could find. Because we were serious about getting out the hole. We bought the cheapest groceries we could find. Cheapest groceries. I asked my wife, I said, babe, remind me what you used to buy back in those days for groceries and she bought plain noodles with sauce. We ate cereal. Come on, come on, somebody. Who knows about cereal back in the yeah, cereal. We ate cold. We ate cereal. And I'm not talking name brand. Fruit Loops. We didn't buy Fruit Loops. We bought the generic brand of Fruit Loops. You know what I'm saying? We, cereal. We ate cheap casseroles. Cheap casseroles. Who knows what I'm saying when I'm saying casserole? It's whatever you got left over. You just throw it together, and it's a casserole. Cheap casseroles, carrots. We ate crackers and popcorn. And here's what we had for dessert, vanilla wafers. I didn't say we're pudding. 99 cent box of vanilla, but three of them bad boys with some, with some water. Amen. Welcome to dessert at the Cooper house. We would reward ourselves for being diligent by going to the, one, to the dollar movie theater. We didn't go see the new releases. We went to, to the dollar movie theater. Come on, how many remember? You know, some of you are there right now. You say, don't tell me about the new, don't tell me about that movie because I can't see it for three months. Don't tell me about the movie. <laughs> Don't tell me. I don't know. I, I can't go for three months. Come on, anybody know? And sneak in the popcorn because you can't afford it. Pray for the pastor. Amen. Back in the day. Lord, Lord, lay hands on the man of God. When you change your mind, you get serious about getting out of the hole. And some of you haven't changed your mind. You're not there yet. You have not changed your mind because when you change your mind, you get serious. You start thinking out the hole on how you're going to get out of the hole. You have a garage sale. And you sell stuff you want to keep because you want to get out the hole. You get a part-time job because you want to get out the hole. You downsize your home so you can free up more money to get out the hole. You move into a cheaper apartment. You sell your car and start taking the bus. You sell your car, get a cheaper car so you can free up money to get out the hole. If your family has two cars, you sell one, only drive one car so you can get out the hole. You cut down your monthly expenses and get rid of cable, get a cheaper cell phone. Come on, get a, get, 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 get a cell phone package that's a whole lot cheaper. You stop going out to eat and take your lunch to work. You stop buying clothes and buying new shoes. And I know what you're saying right now. Pastor Fifty Shades of Cray has already started because you're crazy. You're talking crazy. No. Let me tell you what's crazy. It's driving a car you can't afford. Let me tell you what's crazy. It's being stressed out over your house payments because you can't afford it. Let me tell you what's crazy. Is charging your credit card with vacations and clothes that you have no idea how you're going to pay for. That's crazy. And you have to
your mind to think of the hope and say, you know what? I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I'm getting out this hold and I'm serious about it. I close with point seven, point seven, point seven. How do you backfill the hole? Get wisdom from others. Get wisdom from others. Proverbs 12 and verse 15 says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. You see, fools, here's what happens, is they get themselves into trouble. And that's not always foolish. I mean, it's just not, you don't have wisdom. You didn't know any better. I, I was there. I've done that. I got myself into trouble, and we've all been there. But here's what's foolish, is to get yourself in a hole, and to be in the hole, and then say, I'm going to keep doing it my way. Some of you are hearing the word of God today, and you're thinking, well, I'm not doing all of that. Thank you, Pastor. No, I'm in a hole. I'm going to keep doing it my way. And that's called foolishness. It is foolishness to dig yourself in a hole and then say to yourself, self, I'm going to keep doing what I've always done. And what I've always done, I'm going to now expect different results. That would just be foolishness. Say, I gotta, I'm going to do it my way. But the wise listen to others. And I just hope you would listen to the counsel of God's word. And you say, you know what, Pastor? I want to build an empire. And I got to get out the hole. I got to backfill the hole. And you would begin to apply God's principles to your finances. Here's what I know. These principles revolutionized my life. They revolutionized my wife and I's financial life. And they'll revolutionize yours if you begin to put it into practice. And we want to help you here on September the 2nd and 9th at all of our locations. September the 2nd and 9th, there's going to be an absolutely free financial management class for two weeks. And we want to help you manage your finances in a way that would honor your heavenly Father, we want you to be able to seek wisdom from others. I know one of the gentlemen that's going to be teaching the class is him and his, his wife are not only debt-free with everything, with, with, with just credit cards and all that, they're debt-free with their home in their 30s, and their house is paid for. And those kind of people we want to put, you, we want to put in front of you to teach you, you can glean wisdom from to get out the hole. I know what it's like to be in a hole and look up and think, how? I'm not going to.